I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit our website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from. If you have a question or want to pitch something or just feel like giving me some shit, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. And we also have a Patreon that you can support for additional episodes and whatnot. And you can find that over at patreon.com slash diaryofdoom. Joining us for this week's chapter is Mo from uh, New Jersey's own Troll Teeth. I'm not sure exactly where in New Jersey. I'll just assume it's somewhere in the uh, my former swampy homelands. Blackwood, um, <laughs> Blackwood, New Jersey, Kansas nice. County. Nice. That definitely sounds a little swampy. It's eclectic. <laughs> I've only been to Camden like once, and I think it was to go to the aquarium. So I'm like right on the the edge of the Pine Barrens. Oh, okay. Um, so like if we go east a little bit, like we'll go right into Wharton State Park. And if we go west, we're going into like all these suburbs of Camden and stuff. So like being right by the Pine Barrens, obviously, that's like, you know, primo New Jersey folklore with the Jersey Devil. And like we used to drive, we used to go down the shore a lot. And sometimes we would go other places down down that way and inevitably wind up driving through the Pine Barrens. And it always freaked me out. Like it like it is kind of a weird feeling that you're just going through this seemingly endless corridor of just dark foreboding pine trees i mean yeah like i went to stockton or i graduated from stockton which is on jimmy leeds road which jimmy leeds is like mm-hmm. the person who i think like the jersey devil stuff originated from and i grew up like right outside atlantic city um i went fishing and hunting all in the woods growing up and like you get used to like what the woods are and like not people like not many people know like we have venomous snakes in the pine barrens there's <laughs> yeah. like two or three different species there's like like all sorts of like poison berries and, and things like that you have to like steer clear of and like people kind of just assume because we're so like suburban in new jersey like oh there's yeah. not much there but it's like no the pine barrens are dangerous if you don't like pay attention to like what you're doing you can't be like pulling a fucking christopher and uh <laughs> Polly and getting lost out there but yeah i yeah i do remember it like always freaking me out and whatnot and uh, i've always I, i've always kind of appreciated that bit of the folklore of new jersey i always felt like it was helpful in, in boosting the questionable character of this state that uh i that i once lived in i don't know someone should write like some like a heavy metal album about the Jersey devil. It probably exists. I mean, probably I, there's so many weird concept albums or co- like, there's at least a song about them. Probably like, I, I don't know if you can get, make a whole album out of it. <laughs> song. Chelsea can do that. Well, we worked out cause we don't plan on having like a billion albums. Like we actually have like a finite number. Mm. And we worked out what each album's like that we're going to do in the future is going to be about. Um, so like all that stuff's worked out. Um, it's just getting down to like recording the songs for them. 
you guys have a new album uh, that came out uh, just the other day on March 11th uh, or 311 Day, which is perhaps the band most undeserving of the day dedicated to them. Um, in turn, we're actually recording this on Pi Day. Yes. A far more important day than this alleged 311 Day. We have like weird release schedule like when we, we when we did goes nowhere does nothing it's like sort of like a love letter to star trek while also kind of being about other stuff like we were like all right let's hit april 9th i think is when um like we in star trek lore is when we uh achieve like warp speed we missed that and then it was like all right let's hit september 9th that's when you know uh the next generation the first episode aired all right we missed that uh, <laughs> September 22nd uh let's do that one because that was the the original series first air date missed that all right let's do October 24th because that's when Gene Roddenberry died missed that we ended, <laughs> we ended up releasing on uh November 11th so I mean with the 311 stuff I feel like because we're an anarchist band so we're like against social hierarchy and things like that and like releasing on 311 like in the back of my mind i'm like some ku klux klan member is gonna like think like we're some pro-right authoritarian racist because that's that's just where my mind goes like, like <laughs> i'm just paranoid about that stuff well i i mean no need to worry about that uh on this show uh for sure i think that uh, i think we've managed to uh we'll take some refuge in knowing that uh it's a nice quiet calm pie, uh, pie day <laughs> not ruined by the kkk before we get into it too also because uh, uh do you prefer pie or cake i think i'm a pie person mostly pie cake is like as you get older it's too heavy yeah but pie especially around like thanksgiving like pumpkin and sweet potato you can't mm. you can't really beat that yeah i think there's more margin for error with the cake it could be dry it could be stodgy i feel like even the worst pie is still kind of nice you could put like whipped cream on it yeah pie is just kind of like fruit soup <laughs> crust, <laughs> if you really think about it <laughs> that's awesome i love that definition of it but now that we've addressed that, like, what were what are your earliest experiences with music? Did you have a musical upbringing or was it something that you found on your own? So, like, I started in, like, third grade on violin and cello, and you wouldn't have assumed that. And then just as I got older, like, I picked up bass and guitar in high school, and I didn't start a band or anything until, like, my sophomore year of college because I, I transferred schools from north jersey down to south jersey so i was going home basically and like my one friend will uh was a drummer I was like hey let's just start jamming and it sort of just went from there when did you first discover heavy metal and was there a <clears throat> landmark album for yourself that you you know you feel made it made you just start to think about music in a different way so I didn't really start listening to metal until we started doing the Troll Tease stuff because I grew up with punk. Mm -hmm. So I grew up listening to like Bad Religion, No Effects, uh, Agent Orange, Propagandi, just like all these like hardcore punk bands with like very overt in your face type lyrics. And when we had Ben join um, is when he starts 
that's when I start like re-listening to to stuff like Black Sabbath. And I'm like, okay, we'll start there, and then really go through like getting ideas for like what are we gonna do. But like, I didn't like grow up listening to a ton of metal bands. Oh, I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, folks that kind of file, follow a similar route. You know, I think if you're you know, you're a little bit older, you know, a lot of the times it's black. It's like Black Flag, Dead Kennedys the bad brain, sort of like that crop of band. So, you know, it just sort of, it's a natural progression. I mean, and it makes sense if you're going from that era. That's, that's an era of punk I'm not super familiar with. I think, I think I was kind of like moving away from checking out more punk rock and, and delving a bit more into heavy metal at that point in my life. I don't know that much about them, but, but I do know of them. Of course. I mean, like with a name like Propagandi, that name has always stuck out to me so much. Their song titles are hilarious to me. Like their one is like the only good fascist is a very, very dead one. And I find that <laughs> a funny song title. I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> How did you uh, go about putting the band together? Um, you started out in 2014 and like you swapped out a few members before settling on the current lineup, which has been consistent for the last couple of albums, including the new ones. So we, we started in like 2011. Um, oh, okay. Me, Will and Mike, but we all went to the school together. And then like, we went through like, I don't know, 20, 30 people <laughs> until it ended up just being like, at one point we had like two bass players um, because like, they were so flaky. We were like, well, one of them was bound to like show up, right? Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Why not have two? Like if you're just playing the odds, like you have four different options, like neither one of them show up, both of them show up. And then the middle two would be one or the other shows up. Like we have a 75% chance of either both or one of them showing up. But <laughs> more often than not, neither one of them showed up. That's how I ended up on bass. I was originally doing rhythm guitar, but because it, you know, it ended up being just me, Ben and Will. I was like, all right, I guess I'll play bass. Ben, you play guitar. Will, you're on drums. And then we didn't have Kyle, who's been the drummer forever, um, until like right after we recorded the first album on One and Worthless uh, in 2014. And then we didn't get Pete until like after we recorded Boiled Alive. But now we're sort of settled into me, Kyle, Pete, and Ben, who was originally with us. Um, he moved back from West Virginia. So we have four members now, even though our two guitarists have yet to be in the same room. <laughs> Undoubtedly uh, made difficult just due to the circumstances of the world. I mean, it's, it's just like Ben has three kids. Um, Pete's finishing up nursing school. Um, me and Kyle are like the only one with sort of like regular schedules because I, I teach. He works at a brewery. Um, so like the weekends for us are like, yeah, we're free all the time. But like, you know, Pete has, oh, I have clinical. Ben's like, oh, yeah, you because uh, he's still getting settled in from moving back mm -hmm. from West Virginia. Um, so like things are still settling down for them. But like me and Kyle are free enough to where it's like we're like getting into music production now. So we're trying to find other bands to record in our studio. Like we have the studio and like, why not record other bands? Like, we're, like we're not going to charge them. Like we just want to like occupy our time. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course. The other thing I was going to say that I think is kind of fun about you guys is you guys have like a, 
punk rock stage names. Like it's sort of like you didn't forget the uh, you didn't forget the the punk ethos of it. And it's you know kind of you know you're not like you didn't go the morbid route and you're calling yourself like Blackfagor or something like that. It's just Pretty Boy, Thuds McKenzie, and Mo. Yeah, yeah, like we like I can't take any of this stuff. To, like the the thing that annoys me is like the the bands that take themselves like way too seriously. Like like we've played with bands like and I'll I'll call them out. I don't care. Like, they annoyed the shit out of me because they took themselves, like, way too seriously. Like, the guy was, like, shoving the microphone down his pants. Like, what are you doing, bud? Like, they, like, they were getting mad because, uh, like, we were moshing to one of the bands in the show. And, they like, I bumped into him. And, like, the lead singer got, like, so offended. I, it's I'm like, not familiar with this band. Good. No, I should be. <laughs> They're, like, sort of in the ilk of... um uh mastodon or something like that where it's like slow kind of like weird trippy chord progression but i don't know if you annoy if you annoy me enough you're like you're my enemy so like it, it take it it honestly takes a lot to like get on my bad side and like i don't know that band got on my bad side it's good to know that you uh you're keeping the uh the the attitude consistent as well yeah <laughs> What's the origin of the band name? Because to me, Cholte sounds like way grimier than the music that you put out. I was almost expecting like Death Doom or like weird, like hardcore crossover or something like that. So it's kind of funny um, where we constantly get like people who are like great fucking band name. And then the other half of people are like, this is a stupid fucking band name. Um, <laughs> like honestly like someone just wrote a view, review and i i thought it was hilarious it was like these guys won the award for stupidest band name <laughs> um like we because we've also in addition to having like 20 30 members also had like 20 or 30 names before we settled on troll teeth um because like <laughs> band, bands just kept like taking the name from us and like for a while we were slua or slaw which was like this gaelic monster um and then we got a cease and desist letter um ironically from a band in west virginia so where ben was moving uh i was like like are you kidding me like i got a freaking cease and desist so now we, we had to like settle on the name and i'm too cheap to like trademark stuff but even though i trademarked it now you're like we gotta we gotta find a, a name that's like so stupid like no one's ever gonna take it and then i think kyle came up with the name like troll teeth because like so many bands have like witch in their name yeah um let's bring the troll back yeah so we we needed something like mythical and then like a body part um so we just settled on troll teeth i guess it's better than troll dick yeah troll dick's pretty good too though well we're, we're we were joking about doing like a side project with um one of our buddies and it's like well we got to keep like you know mythical creature plus body part and he's like really big so i was like well why don't we just do like ogre dick that'll be the band name <laughs> ogre dick yeah, you just it, it could just be any random body part. You just have to get like a name generator and it picks. Yeah, out. yeah, we'll like, just yeah, we'll find a bunch of like mythical creatures for column A, and then like however many thousands of different body parts that you can like put in because I don't know, like we could just get like a medical dictionary. Yeah, it's Griffin Lung. Yeah, um, I don't, uh, I don't know. We don't have to go down this route, but yeah, there's that's definitely like a good idea. I'm a big fan of Ogre Dick. I think that's a good one. You got to bring back the trolls and the ogres. We need to yeah. reclaim. We need to reclaim them. <laughs> yes. 
So like, you know, New Jersey's not exactly a state I think of a ton when it comes to the like stoner doom market, but it's not like we're without our claims. You know, we have bands like longtime players like Evokin and Atomic Bitchwax and Solus. And then there's newer bands that have certainly cropped up, Friends of the Show, Sunrot. Of course, there's all the other fantastic, you know, music that has come out in from New Jersey before that. And like, so like, you know, where, where does like troll teeth kind of fit in with all this? Like, you know, like what- in terms of popularity, like no one in New Jersey knows who we are. Like most, <laughs> our, like most I'm not being like facetious at all. Like, of course, like most of our album sales are from like Europe and like other parts of the United States. Like we don't have like anybody like, like it took forever to get people to come to our shows when we were still down by Atlantic city. And most of the bands that were popular down that way were either like reggae sort of like fusion type bands. And, and I'm not like a gatekeeper or anything like that, but like cover bands are always popular, like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like you want to, I'd like you go listen to songs, you know, but there wasn't like, there wasn't ever like any metal shows down by us where we were like, okay, like people would show up it it was always people were going to see different genres of music which is like just the area like that's yeah like mad about it yeah i guess what i'm sort of like uh trying to say is that it's it's kind of a weird like market because you know if you think about like you think there's like there's like the the maryland like scene and that's kind of like you know they have a very like established scene down there and you know new jersey's always been like obviously it's had like huge punk scenes and shit like that, but the metal scene's been like kind of weird and sort of like all over the place. And just also it being right next door to New York, all everyone's going to migrate to New York as it is. I assume where you are though, you kind of exist in a weird space because you're like, you're kind of by Philly, but not super by Philly. And you're definitely I mean, not by New York, right? No, I'm yeah. like two and a half hours from Yeah, New York. exactly. Um, I'm like 20 minutes on a good day from Philly most of our good shows have been like basement shows in Philly. The best show we ever had was in the middle of nowhere in Massachusetts. <laughs> That's pretty like, cool. Like they had nothing else. Like there was like 200 people there. And like most of the people were like, yeah, we saw like a band from New Jersey, a band from New York. We were like, ah, oh, like, why not? Like they're driving all this way. Like It's like, all right, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming out. You had no idea what we sounded like, but like the, the Philly shows in the basement, um, like, we're playing in like college, like not frat houses, but like, you know, houses with like seven, eight rooms that people are renting out to college kids. Um, and like, we're just playing in the basement and people are getting drunk and I assume getting laid, hopefully. Um, and we're just in the basement doing a show. I mean, it sounds kind of fucking rad in some, you know, some ways, you know, it's like, I've been to, I've been to a couple, not a ton. I've definitely spoken with some friends and whatnot who are big in the like the the Rutgers scene and whatnot. So, and you just it's in the middle of fucking nowhere, Massachusetts. Like we tried to do like a little mini tour when we released Boiled Alive, and like we tried to get a few shows, and we only ended up doing like two, like one in North Jersey, um, where we met possibly like the coolest dude ever. Uh, he went <laughs> by a mononym. His name was Raven. Um, he was like, yeah, I, I would love to go with you guys on tour is like, 
sort of like a deadhead, uh, but I'm not allowed in 11 states because of like felony warrants or I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> like, it was like the weirdest dude. Ever. He's like, you want Coke? I was like, no, I'm good. He's like, good. Cause I don't have any. I'm like, because it's like, what is what <laughs> like, I, like, just, I don't know. He was, he was a really cool guy, but like really weird and funny. And then we went to uh, Florence, Massachusetts which again is like literally in the middle of the state like you can pull up a picture of massachusetts and it's kind of like a weird rectangle and it's right in the middle of massachusetts and then we drove into boston the day after hoping to like annoy someone to get onto one of their shows and like no one said yes so like we just went there for no reason but we got to like walk around and see stuff but we played in that show uh, this band added color, which is like a legit, like big band. They're like, they take like private jets everywhere. And we're like, why? Like every, every time they post something, I'm like, how the fuck do we play with this band in like the middle of Massachusetts? Cause they're like, they're, they have like a sold out arena in Morocco. And what? like, like, yeah, like it just, some of the stuff they post, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how did we play with this band? Wow. That's wild. I think you just got to like roll with those punches though. Like sometimes you just run into these situations and like, that's gotta be the beauty of just like even remotely taking, like being in a band, like seriously, you just find yourself in this like bizarre, this strange situation of like, what is even happening right now? Well, like every, every band that we play with loves hanging out with us because we're just weird. Like a lot of bands, I don't know. I've, like, not that they're boring, but they're kind of like, like not sh like maybe shy or like they're kind of off in their own thing and like we're just kind of like work in the room <laughs> like hey what's up guys hey like we bring beer everywhere we did a show at dobbs and uh like i had a bunch of a beer <laughs> in my book bag and we're in the green room and i like i put the book bag down and you can hear the bottles clanking and the, the guy sitting across and was like, hey, did you want a beer? He's like, uh, I'm the owner. Uh, you probably should buy the beer from the bar. I'm like, <laughs> uh, so that's a no, <laughs> I guess. But like, that's just kind of us. Like, we're going to work. We're just going to talk to everybody and treat everybody like we're kind of buddies that we grew up with. Um, and it, like every band loves us for that. Like, it's we're just great to hang out with. And you bring it. I, I mean, yeah, we bring everything. We bring <laughs> tunes and beer. <laughs> Do you have like a, a favorite New Jersey musician or like, or a New Jersey act rather? I have New Jersey musicians that annoy me. <laughs> oh, let's go with that. <laughs> like I, I respect Bruce Springsteen, but I feel like <laughs> I, knew that was of, I, I feel like a lot of the love that he gets is just, so I've been working in education for eight nine years now and like every teacher is like yeah bruce the boss and it's like dude like i know what music you listen to on a daily basis like you're not listening to him like like why are you like it i don't know it feels like a faux fan fandom that he has i i again i respect him like the e street band cool but like i don't know i feel like there's so much fandom in new jersey that it, that's just like yeah, the Bruce, just because he's from New Jersey. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it's like you're obligated to like it. Yeah. Because you're from here. I definitely grew up a fan. I saw him, and I haven't really, like, kept up with him. Because it's just like, you know, you move on to other things. Yeah. 
but I definitely like to revisit some of those albums because some of them are fucking great. But also just like, why are you charging nine hundred dollars? <laughs> like he had like a like a one man show, didn't he? Like he like play a yeah. couple things and like most of the, most, and he didn't do it in New Jersey. Where did he do it? He did it in, in New, New York. York on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like you know he's not, you can... he's not doing that show at the Stony Pony. Like no, and like you know you and like you can go see David Byrne do a longer show for like a fraction of the price you know <laughs> and like that's fucking david byrne who's like also a pretty like long time musical legacy dude i'm just like man i wouldn't shell fucking 600 to go see this i just wouldn't it's just like i've shelled out quite a bit of money for some shows in the past but i don't think anything of that caliber you know and if it was, it was like going to fucking Psycho Las Vegas where, you know, you're dropping $200 and a, and a plane ticket and a whole bunch of other money on stuff because you're in fucking Vegas. But like, I don't know. I mean, I could go see like three shows in one night in New York City for the price that I go see yeah. Springsteen once on Broadway and probably have a good time and probably spend less money on drinks too. I'm weird in that I don't go to like big shows. Like I think like the biggest show i've ever gone to i think it was like i don't know like 12 13 or something like that i went to see incubus in atlantic city that was a very long time ago um and i it was like free tickets to the most recent show i went to was a comedy show it was like 20 bucks (laughs) yeah i think as i've gotten as i've gotten older and as i've gotten more into i guess specifically metal and whatnot I feel like I've been going to less and less big shows and more because, you know, New York has so many fucking venues because it's a specific market. You can usually see like a pretty rad band at like a pretty small venue. And, you know, sometimes the turnout's not great, but that's just the way it goes. And, you know, it's fucking whack right now still. But yeah, I kind of hear you. Like it's it's if I'm going to those big shows too, I'm probably sitting because like, being down there in the GA pit, like I know people like that experience, but it's that's certainly not for me anymore. I don't even like the pit at the regular show. Well, I there stand was, in the back and smoke weed. There was there was a psychologist who talked about like what like why certain things like the fire festival and stuff like mm-hmm. happen, and it's like like people aren't concerned with actual like entertainment. There's the Instagram factor. Like people just want to be able to say that they were somewhere. Like it, like it kind of goes back to like the Beatles, like when they were playing like Shea Stadium and stuff. Like everybody mm-hmm. was complaining about the audio, like like no one could hear like <laughs> what they were singing or like what's it, it. Like that's what it kind of <laughs> like. No one was making like any sense of like what was happening, but they all, everybody was like, "Oh, I would do it again." Like why? Why the just so you could say that you were there to see the Beatles? Like that was it. I, like I, I can't wrap my head around like why because I would never I don't want to like go somewhere and like have a shitty time but like the only thing I'm getting out of is like a picture like oh yeah I was there like no I want to like have fun <laughs> well yeah I mean that's like the Guns N' Roses conundrum fucking band goes on tour endlessly and then it's like is dude gonna fucking show up on time you know and it's just like you know people uh, like on that smaller scale a lot of those those are like working touring bands and People are going to want to show up and not, they want to, they want to have some, they want to have a good experience and it's a smaller scale. So I think there's a lot more control there and a lot less like room for variable. Plus like when you're talking with a band like the Beatles and to just be like, 
oh yeah it's the beatles like i'm just gonna go because i went like who gives a shit if you even like actually like the Beatles? i'm sure a lot of people went and that was probably like the first sort of like oh but like the executives you know of that era like they're gonna get to go do they really care no but they're rich and they get to say i went to go see the beatles and like even if it was like a shitty performance for them you know yeah you get to like <laughs> fucking galaxy brain about this stuff um well i do I, all i do is overthink <laughs> Is there any who else from New Jersey bugs the shit out of you? Great question. I'd have to I'd have to like look up a list. Wasn't wasn't there like a bachelor from New Jersey? Like uh, I'm sure. ten, oh. 10 years ago. It was like I'm sure. looks um so and so from New Jersey. It's like you're not from New Jersey. You, you can you can look in someone's eyes and tell that they're from New Jersey. He was not from New Jersey. <laughs> I will say, I don't know, I really don't know much about them, but I, just something about the name The Lumineers bugs the shit out of me. The Lumi- <laughs> I, I, like, don't pay attention to music at all. Like, uh, they're from, like, Wamsley. Okay. No, like, because, like, the way I listen to music now is, like, I'll, I'll pick a band almost at random or something, or someone will send, like, me a song, and I'll just, like, all right these guys are unique and i'll just listen to like their entire catalog in order yeah i try and to do try and just try and like figure them out like kind of recently i've just been like listening to like cadaver like their whole discography like over and over again like my drummer kyle he'll, he'll like he's way more into like finding new bands and like new things because i don't know he's he's much more into music than i am i kind of like just to constantly analytically break stuff down when I'm listening. Um, I annoy the shit <laughs> when I do that. <laughs> you get thinky thinky about it. Yeah, like like for the, the next album, like one of the things, like we were coming back from shooting a music video and we're we're listening to something and I was like, listen, listen to how they do this. Like it's it's you know, like each vocal line is two measures and there's two people singing and it's the first line is both of them saying the same thing the second line is the second person singing the first line but the first person is saying, he's like what the fuck like dude like why are you like breaking it down like that like, <laughs> like that that's where i go like it's like probably when it happened they didn't think too much about it and it worked and then, but then you know I, I i do think there is value in that though i think people can figure some pretty cool things out by like looking for that well, like we all kind of have a strength, like, like yeah. that, like that, because I do all the arrangements. So, like, okay, this riff should be the verse. This riff should be the intro. Like, that's like sort of my job, because like some riffs I can't sing on anyway. So, like, if I can sing on a riff, then it'll be the verse. Ben, he's like the effects guy because he's like a gearhead. So, like, he knows exactly how to get like a certain tone. So, like, he's our he's our gear guy. Kyle is like the time signature BPM. Like he can figure all that stuff out because I'm not really good at it. Um, and then Pete virtuoso, he knows like all the music theory because he went to performing arts high school and he like toured with Brendan small for death clock and stuff like that. So like he oh, that's rad. knows like, like he's just like crazy with like the music theory. So whatever question we have, he can usually answer it. And with all your powers combined, you are troll teeth. Yeah, and like think think of the album that we're gonna have when we have all four of us together. It's gonna be like fucking Voltron. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's probably a good way to 
segue to talking about the album. So like hanged, drawn and quartered. The sound on it, I feel like I could kind of best describe this as like really fuzzy grunge with like a very thorough Alice in Chains influence on it. That's just what I took away from it. I feel like they're the most like impactful of the big to like this subgenre of music and it's kind of, you know, sort of makes sense. Kind of the Lane Staley droll and everything. But like, you know, you do throw in a few curveballs. Like the song Move has almost like a Bob Dylan-esque kind of folk vibe to it. And then like the final track, Your Hands Are Red, has more of like a jazz fusion sound. And that kind of makes sense given that you're, you know, talking about like BPMs and all that stuff. So like, you know, were you hoping to stretch your musical muscles in a new direction with this album? So this is the first thing that we recorded to a metronome. So everything mm. prior has just been like our normal way of recording where it would be me and Kyle doing bass and drums in the same room. Um, we would do like two, three, four takes or whatever and just be like, okay, this is the best one. And then we would overdub everything because for rhythm guitar, you need one for each ear. So two rhythm guitars and then lead harmony, whatever stuff that we're putting over top. This one, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass to figure out like exactly how we wanted to record to a metronome, but we figured it out. So we just had one song rather than three or four in our like logic session. Um, and it was easy to go back and like, okay, this measure we sort of screwed up and like it made recording easier. So we're, this is how we're going to do shit going forward. Um, going in, we were just like, all right, let's make this like the sludgiest fucking album of ours. Like we want it to be the heaviest uh, before we start doing some of the weird stuff that we have planned. So I told Pete, like, for guitars, like, you know, make sure you kind of sc scoop off the high end um, for the, the rhythm tracks. And then I think this is probably the best my bass has sounded on anything that we've recorded, just because it's it's super crunchy and heavy and holds mm -hmm. the bottom end, but there's still enough definition to where it's not, like, droning, um, like, on Gallows on the Playground is, like, probably the craziest bass I've listened to because whenever we pop up on a, a podcast or radio show or, or whatever I listen to the bands before and after us and like we our songs on this album sound absolutely nothing like the bands that we're playing or that are being played next to us this sort of uh, uh flavor of uh you know whatever you want to call it uh heavy music I I definitely think that the this this sound is a little bit more prevalent in Europe so that might be why you guys are taking off a little bit over there. Like you were saying that uh, you you were getting, you know, like a, a lot of press from that way. And I feel like there's quite a few bands over there that also really dig that kind of sound. And so that makes sense to me. It's nice to listen to, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's pleasant. It's that very like kind of, as I like to refer to it as a warm, fuzzy blanket. Yeah. But I know yeah. you're not also like, like not singing about anything like goofy, you know? No, it's, it's also well, because <laughs> we're, we're singing like normally a lot of bands, like they'll have like sort of scratchy vocals or like pig screeches, things like that. Like that's kind of like, I'm almost hesitant when people ask like, Oh, what music do you play? I, Cause it's like saying doom metal. You like, if you're not initiated, like you have like no frame of reference, like what the fuck is this guy talking about? Um, that's but like buzz rock, I guess. Yeah, but we're kind of heavy to be considered rock. And mm -hmm. like, we're just, I don't know, we're in this weird, like, proto genre 
Um, and like we get like prog thrown our way a lot, which always confuses me because like the way we write songs is like so simple. Um, I like I don't like I don't hear the prog or I don't see the prog when we write songs because like we do cycles. Like, uh, let's just play this riff like six times. And then like someone listening to it is like this, this band is clearly being progressive. They're trying to like, like, it's like, no, we're just counting a riff six times. Like we're not, <laughs> like, we're not geniuses. We don't know what we're doing. I had spoken to another guest pretty recently about that. And uh, he, he agreed with me when I, I asked him if it felt like that term prog was like kind of getting thrown around a bit loose these days. And he said, yeah, like definitely. I could see the argument for someone saying like, oh, there's prog elements. Like I said, but I felt it was more like jazz fusion, like just cause it was like a bit more of a, like a, like a, like a bit more of a complex um, guitar solo. And it wasn't sort of like that, you know, feeding off reverb and like, you know, exploring that zone. I think we get prog so much is um, because like almost half our songs are written in like six eight time mm. so like it's not like one two three four like your hands are red i think is like 150 beats per minute even though it's kind of sounds slow like do 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 but the bpm is like do 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 so like i don't know I, I think that's where a lot of the proc stuff comes from because we're not doing typical timing um but outside of that, like we're not, I mean, well, Pete's doing whatever solos and stuff, which are crazy. But like in terms of like the basis of what we're doing, I don't feel like we're trying to be progressive. We're just trying to be groovy. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you kind of you you put you throw a little funk on it, you know? Yeah. Without making it super funky. Um, now you were also kind of alluding to it. You're working on uh the follow-up to this record um and you said you with that one you wanted to try to get a little bit weird again like we have everything planned out so we're going to do just an acoustic album and then we're going to do another legit normal troll teeth album and that one is going to be a little bit more jazzing because it's going to be set around like a burlesque or cabaret show that's that's the setting that we're using i don't want to go into too much because i don't want to spoil it for people but it's going to be a little bit more along the lines of like if songs for the deaf and i don't know like the musical chicago merged <laughs> <laughs> like that's kind of what i have in my head and what we're planning on doing it's like fuzzy tom waits <laughs> almost got kind of that like yeah, uh, theatrical it's gonna be it's aspect of it. like every album of ours sounds completely different and like we're gonna keep the trend going um like everything like everything sounds different but the same kind of like yeah. everything has the same groove but the texture and stuff around it is completely different so people are gonna listen like they'll because a lot of people called on to us with goes nowhere does nothing and then those same people are listening to hang drawn a quarter like this is way better um and then they're going to listen to the next album and be like this is even weirder even like crit like these they're just doing weirder stuff um but that's kind of the progression that we want to have i think that's a cool thing that you're 
willing to be creative with you know the underlying sort of thematic stuff i mean like goes nowhere does nothing is about like a spaceship getting lost in space <clears throat> yeah the original concept yeah because me and pete are both star trek fans and i forget who put it out there but it was like what if trump was a starfleet captain and i kind of just <laughs> went from there like you can look at the lyrics for um trapped in a bottle uh, which is the second song and like you know uh blonde hair blue eyes uh, or you know pushed to the side like ball- hiding your ball hot like like it's just describing him <laughs> like someone like where it originated because him and shatner are both bald and blonde uh, like mm-hmm. we sort of just like went from there and with this one, it was like, well, I guess it's more about like the millennial experience, but I read and listened to Achille Mbembe uh, talk about necropolitics. I was like, well, like it, it almost seems like boomers are like throwing millennials out the window, like sort of like letting us die um, because we aren't fitting in with like their ideal or ideology or whatever. So, like, it kind of just went off the metaphor of, like, well, what if, like, a son looks at a dad and is like, dude, you're kind of doing some messed up stuff. I don't like this. And it just went from there. That's pretty cool. The lyrics for this were supposed to be, like, more, like, pun. <laughs> pun. Yeah. Because, um, like, the first song, Hand Me Down, was like, what if, like, every song has, like, things like, you know, like, Under Your Thumb or, like, Rule of Thumb. Or like just like all these like bo- weird body part like cliche type things and like mm-hmm. i don't know I, I kind of abandoned it <laughs> like it was just too hard to do it sounds like it could have been like a fun sort of the recurring motif probably something that like if you can't if you can't execute it properly might like kind of lose its sort of momentum along the way i think you still you know illustrated your point very well but i like that you know i like when um bands will use something completely ridiculous and it's not always like easy to convey because it's like fucking music you know concept albums and whatnot like yeah they're oh i sound fucking insane when i try to describe (laughs) shit like i remember at work someone was like oh hey i listen to your band which i was like uh what i was trying to explain like what the message behind like goes nowhere does nothing was and they're like just looking at me like like about to drool all over themselves because like I don't know they're, they're just dumbfounded like this guy is making no sense but he keeps talking like how is that happening and like I don't know I feel like whenever I get into like the philosophy and stuff behind what we're doing I sound crazy well you have to be a little bit crazy <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what most uh, most others would uh, tell you as advice to do this and then, like, what are the plans for that uh, follow-up to come out? And um, you're so you're recording it now. You're going to try to get it out before the end of the year, or like? No, we have we have not started recording it. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna do the uh, acoustic album first, okay. and then we're gonna do some production of other bands because we want to see exactly like bands that haven't had a chance to go into a studio um, just to help them out a little mm-hmm. bit. And sort of like, hey, I think your song is okay, but we should, you know, add this or, you know, if you want to do like a chorus part here, like things like that, just so we can get as much practice before we start to write the the jazzy kind of doom album that we have coming up. Um, because we want to have as like much experimentation as possible because we do have a lot of grandiose ideas for that. And then uh, anything else that 
you know, that you're working on besides that, or that's sort of like what's keeping, keeping you busy. Yeah. I, all I do is think about troll teeth. (laughs) (laughs) All I do is think about troll teeth. Yeah. All our, like, like we released the album and like, okay, yeah, we got this many views or whatever. Here's what I think we should do for the next out. Like we, we immediately (laughs) like switch on, like, it's like that Bill Belichick quote, like we're on the Cincinnati like okay it's out whatever we're on to this now we're we're thinking forward awesome have you been listening to anything lately i know you said you're uh you're not like super up to date with and whatnot but it doesn't matter if it's something new great if it's just like something you've been revisiting or whatever you've just been like scoping out who has been in my i've been listening to a lot of um fellow electric talent artists so like almost honest and um who else because I was seeing if those were bands that uh, we like want to record. I think the Moths, Moths, is it the Moths or just Moths? I don't know. But like a lot of the electric talent bands who are like sort of new, I was like, you know, would they be willing, or at least around Philly, you know, would they be willing to record in our studio? So I've been listening to a lot of them. Right on. Let me see. What have I been checking out? Let's see. I uh, checked out the band Abraham's album, Debris de Mondes Pertis. I probably said that very badly. That's pretty good. Just need to reiterate, Earthless is uh, live at Roadburn. It's fucking amazing. Everyone should listen to that album. And uh, the new Earthless album is also fantastic. Oh, I've been listening to um, Fatso Jetson. Oh, yeah. That band is pretty goddamn good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cruel and Delicious. Like I was telling my drummer, it was like, it's like simple songs, but it's simple songs for musicians. Cause like they, they, there's a lot of texture on that album. I, that was one of the, those bands that after I watched the documentary, such Hawks, such hounds, they featured pretty prominently in it. And like, just such a fucking cool band. Um, And they're one of those bands that I could talk to some other people who might've been aware of that sort of you know scene happening out in the desert in california you know if they've been out there they'd be like oh yeah i know that band you know play it like pappy harriet's all the time and shit like that uh what else uh the new fire breather album is good uh midnight wasn't bad and revisiting uh killing joke that band is fucking amazing really been <laughs> digging on them again i always dig on them they're just like wildly influential and uh, i would implore a lot of people to go check them out kind of like the celtic frost of like post-punk i think would be kind of an appropriate yeah, that title guy for them. The, the uh I, rem- I remember celtic frost because i think that like their lead singer had a mandolin with like pickups in it didn't he or am i thinking of a different band there's some irish metal band where they had a lead singer with a mandolin with pickup like it was like you know like an sg has like pickups and like it looked like an sg but like a mandolin i don't know if that was celtic frost i mean they're not from ireland so it might be some other irish metal band then i don't know i, again, I don't know. I'm terrible <laughs> terrible <laughs> that's all good is there anything that you would like to plug at this time just follow us on all the socials um we have been i don't know it seems forever at like 900 ish facebook likes um and like i made a joke like if this album doesn't get us over a thousand facebook likes i'm like firing everybody and we're gonna start over um but like 
it, it, you know, if you have Facebook still, if you haven't deleted it, go follow Troll Teeth and like our page and stuff. Because, like, for whatever reason, as soon as you get a thousand likes on fake Facebook, like, promoters and stuff are willing to give you shows. And, like, we, like, that's, like, the one thing that always holds us down. It's like, oh, if you had more of a social media presence. It's like, we do. It's just, like, not that many people. But, like, if you let us on, you'll you'll have a fun time. Because <laughs> we'll wreck shit up. It's a weird fucking landscape to navigate it. I still haven't quite figured it out myself. Yeah. And it's all kind of evil and weird anyway. Where would we be if not uh talking to one another right now were it not for the powers of the internet? <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, everyone should go check out Troll Teeth. Um, and we're proud to have a New Jersey band on this once New Jersey-based podcast. <laughs> thank you. And uh, that'll do it for this chapter of The Diary. Catch you next time.
there was a guy in Germany I did an interview with, and uh, I I relish awkwardness. I find it comforting to be uncomfortable, and like the first five minutes of the interview is just extremely awkward because he's like, I I set this up and I didn't even I did I completely forgot your name. I like that was like <laughs> the first five minutes of the thing, and I I had my my daughter kept sneaking in and like, hey, what are you doing, dad? <laughs> that's kind of funny so he's just like i forgot that name yeah and like it like a very thick german <laughs> accent too he's like i i set this up and yeah i totally forgot to ask for your name i i had no idea who i was in, in interviewing i know someone <laughs> from your band but i didn't know who 